This is Earth Files, the award-winning news site with the latest updates in science, environment, and real X-Files. Podcasting in-depth reports beyond the 6 o'clock news by Emmy Award-winning journalist Linda Moulton Howe. Hi, everyone here and around the world. My last week's June 21st interview with Chris and Corey Bilbury, who live in Ubley, Michigan, near Lake Huron, was about their watching what they called a dogfight in the sky on June 3rd at 10 a.m. Eastern between a white circular UFO that they both could see that seemed to come out of the white sun and was chased by two large jets. Some witnesses told Chris the jets were not F-16s, but were more powerful F-35s. Supporting the F-35 speculation among many viewer comments and messages came this one from JC, quote, Hi, Linda. I had one of my closest colleagues tune into your broadcast last night regarding an alleged fighter aircraft intercept with a round UFO near the Michigan Thumb surrounded by Lake Huron on June 3rd, 2023. I did not doubt that the couple you interviewed saw both fighters and their dissipating flares. I did write in the comments that F-35 fighters are stationed in nearby Madison, Wisconsin, in the 115th fighter wing there. Close quote from Earth Files viewer J.C. It is a fact that the 115th Fighter Wing in Madison did receive F-35 Lightning Roman numeral II fighter jets for the first time only two months ago on April 25, 2023. And this is only the second American Air National Guard unit to receive the advanced F-35 fighter jets. Strategically, having them in Madison, Wisconsin, might also make refueling for the whole Great Lake region possible if needed. I think it's also significant that Chris and Corey Bilbrey said the same type of jets that they saw dogfighting with the white circular UFO on June 3rd came back the next three mornings of June 4th, 5th, and 6th at the same time, 10 a.m. Eastern, as if searching repeatedly for the UFO that got away. Between June 3rd and mid-June, there were no news reports about the loud, fast jets that seemed to be chasing or fighting something on June 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th over Ubley in Bad Axe, Michigan. Then, the Huron Daily Tribune on June 14th and updated the next day on June 15th headlined, quote, Group says UFO and F-16s engaged in dogfight over bad acts, close quote. And then the next day, June 16th, 2023, the Huron Daily Tribune published this question above a photograph of F-16 military fighter jet, quote, Something happened in the skies over bad acts on June 3rd, but what? Close quote. Yesterday, I was able to talk with Chris and Corey Bilbrey's next door neighbor, Sherry Brenner, who was with them where the black X is on this map 
when the jets first showed up at 10 a.m. on June 3rd, as the Bilbrey family was moving its camper between the Meyer and Walmart superstores. As you were seeing the jets and all of the flares, do I understand that you had the impression that they were fighting something? Yes, yes. I had the impression that they were fighting against something, but I couldn't see what it really was because it was so bright, the sun. I wanted to see why they were up in the sky being loud and why the flares were coming out. Did you ever see any red flares that Corey and Chris described? No, I didn't see none of them. All I saw was silver. We were saying, hey, look, 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 something's going on up there. Did you have a cell phone and try to take photos? Nope, I had no cell phone. Did you see the jets moving up vertically around each other as if they were going after something fast above them? Yes. They were like close together and whatever they were trying to protect the planes from, they were close together. I never seen two jets like that close together. You could see the spiraling, each jet going around and around and around each other in a kind of protective motion going up. Yes. But you could not see what was right above them that they were aiming for? That's right, yes. We were all shocked. I think I got back in the car after the jets took off, you know, went one way and the other one went the other way. Then I got in the car to calm the two boys down. Were you able then to look from the car with the kids still up at the sky? Yes, and that the planes, each of them were heading different directions really fast. It's my understanding from Chris and Corey that the next day at 10 a.m., jets came back, and then the next day after that at 10 a.m., the jets came back, and the fourth day at 10 a.m., the jets came back. I might have been sleeping because I work midnights. Have you talked with any other neighbors or people that you know who saw this and wondered what was happening? I did go a week later. I happened to be in Myers, and I was talking to Kim, and she said that she's heard customers say that they did see those planes and that they did hear them. We are talking on June 27th, and this originally mm-hmm. happened on June 3rd, and then coming back the next three mornings, 4th, 5th, and 6th. What were these two large jets doing spiraling up over a Myers Walmart parking lot where a lot of citizens were? Why were these two jets in what appeared to be a warlike mode over where mm-hmm. there were citizens coming and going on that Saturday morning? That's right. And since then, there have been what seems an increase in UFO headlines, even from Canada. CBC News, June 25, 2023. Member of Parliament Larry McGuire urges Canadian Defence Minister to develop public communication plan on UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. MP Larry McGuire's letter to the Canadian Defence Minister states, quote, It is imperative the Government of Canada have a communications plan to respond to the upcoming public revelations that will stem 
from the American Foreign Material Program, or FMPs. Not only are there national security and aviation safety concerns that need to be addressed, but there will also be a larger debate about why there is a lack of transparency and accountability regarding UAP programs and policy, close quote. On June 22, 2023, the UK Daily Mail headline, quote, What is that? Video of spinning lights in the Ohio sky has multiple people claiming they saw a rotating UFO ship. Mysterious rotating green lights have reportedly been seen in the night sky above Middletown, Ohio. Witnesses describe the sighting as scary and like something I'd never seen before, close quote. And now we're going to show you first the original video by Caden Little at normal 100% speed and then slow down to 50% speed. Here is a map of Middletown, Ohio, which is at the bottom near Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. North, about 345 miles, is Bad Axe, Michigan, surrounded by Lake Huron and what they call the Thumb, where Chris and Corey Bilbury and Sherry Brenner watched the two large jets spiraling upward as if at war with a round white disk. Before June, back on May 1st, 2023, in Las Vegas, Nevada, ABC News reported, quote, UFO mystery in Vegas? Police also report seeing something fall out of the sky. Witnesses who called the police also said they saw beings on the ground after the UAP UFO fell. Quote, they're like nine foot, ten foot tall. They look like aliens to us. Big eyes. They have big eyes. The police actually listened and filed a Las Vegas Municipal Police Department report on May 1st, 2023, which states the person reporting, that's the PR, person reporting, in this case, father and wife with two kids, said, quote, saw something fall from the sky and hearing subjects in the backyard. Subjects are eight to nine feet tall, large, shiny eyes. Person reporting advised are not human. Person reporting says subjects are 10 to 11 feet tall with green, tan, cold skin and neon eyes. No clothes, so naked. And then another Las Vegas UFO report came three weeks later on June 22, 2023, when two beams of light were photographed hovering next to each other above Las Vegas. This is a frame of a video clip that was posted on Las Vegas Big 7 Media Twitter. The Daily Mail headline, quote, Another UFO is spotted flying over Las Vegas, weeks after family claimed 10-foot aliens with large shiny eyes were spotted in backyard and police dash cam footage filmed strange light crashing from the sky. Two beams of light can be seen in the sky here, hovering next to one another in a new video clip that was posted on social media. It was filmed on Wednesday, June 22nd at 10.30 p.m. over Las Vegas, and the unidentified objects were in the sky 
for, quote, 20 minutes straight, close quote. And then yesterday, June 27, 2023, the New York Intelligencer headlined about Marco Rubio, Republican and senior United States Senator from Florida and member of the Senate Intelligence Committee, quote, Marco Rubio says he has heard shocking firsthand accounts of UFOs, close quote. The UK Daily Mail also reported yesterday, June 27, 2023, after Senator Rubio was interviewed by News Nation, quote, Marco Rubio says he's heard shocking firsthand accounts of UFOs from top Pentagon officials who claim United States owns crashed non-human craft and is working on reverse engineering their technology. Senator Rubio said some UFO whistleblowers are, quote, fearful of harm coming to them, close quote. Rubio advised against making any prejudgment or jumping to any conclusions. Also, Pentagon whistleblower David Grush says the United States has recovered dead UFO pilots. Marco Rubio, interviewed by reporters yesterday, June 27, 2023, was also quoted by Reuters News as saying, quote, high-ranking government officials have first-hand knowledge of a secret Pentagon crash retrieval program for UFOs, close quote. Senator Rubio told News Nation that the Intelligence Committee witnesses were like the same people that recent whistleblower David Grush discussed in his interviews about the secret UFO program. According to Senator Rubio, the Senate Intelligence Committee unanimously voted last week on June 14, 2023, to halt funding for government programs that study unidentified anomalous phenomena without providing information about their findings to Congress or Director of National Intelligence, Averill Haynes. Quote, <coughs> non-Earth origin material spotted in Senate Intel bill. Lawmakers are taking seriously these claims. And this came from Senator Rubio telling News Nation that beyond whistleblower David Grush, quote, there are several more intelligence whistleblowers with high clearances who have shared allegations with the Senate Intelligence Committee of firsthand accounts of UFO hardware preserved by the U.S. government. Senator Rubio also said, quote, frankly, a lot of them are very fearful of losing their jobs, fearful of harm coming to them for speaking, close quote. And lawmakers are taking seriously claims, according to a, quote, non-Earth origin material spotted in Senate Intel bill. This was reported by Law 360, and it is about lawmakers are taking seriously claims that intelligence insiders are hiding information on unidentified aerial phenomena, with some House members saying they intend to hold hearings 
and senators are advancing a bill requiring those, quote, currently or formerly under contract with the government to hand over information on non-Earth origin material, close quote. And now, if my throat and allergies will hold out, sorry for that, I now want to share with you a chat message from this past week. Quote, I live near Bad Axe in Sebawing, Michigan, and I work in Elkton, which is right near Bad Axe, Michigan. I was on my way to work at 10 p.m. coming from Sebawing to Elkton toward Bad Axe, and I saw this same exact thing, meaning he was in the chat last week and wrote this week about what he saw. There were 20 or 30 jets flying everywhere, but it was dark already, and I could see all the jets blinking lights as they were flying everywhere. I could actually hear the jets through my closed windows as I drive. I was just about to Caseville Road, and I saw the jets fire these same flare-style lights. It looked like rockets. It looked like a single stream of light that shot across the sky. As the light would begin to fade out, another light stream would shoot out the end of where the, the last stream stopped. And then, as that one faded, the next stream would shoot from the end of that stream. And this happened three to four times. I was actually so freaked out, I pulled to the side of the road to watch. As fast as all this happened, it all came to an end. I drove the rest of the way to Elkton and went in to tell everyone what I saw. There were two other people who saw this same thing and they thought it was military drills. I never saw anything like this in military drills. It was so loud and so bright in the sky, it was crazy. This was not during the day though. This was dark already about 9.45 to 9.50 p.m. And as I said, right near Bad Axe, it was actually in Pigeon, Michigan, which is next to Elkton, which is next to Bad Axe. So what we have building here is a story in which there have been multiple eyewitnesses at different times who have been seeing interactions between what they think are jets and lights in the sky, both day or morning and night. Here is another one. Quote, my wife and I had the same experience in Lake Havasu City, Arizona in May 2022 with two military jets per, uh, chasing two very visible UFOs. It lasted around an hour. It was an amazing experience. I could see the craft in a very detailed way, and the craft and military jets were at a low altitude. I am U.S. Army veteran, 11 Bravo, MOS. I know what we saw. Our Air Force was engaged with those unidentified objects. Now, I'm going to share here at the end what to me is sort of like the big box of everything that we have gone through and all of the questions about what is the relationship between extraterrestrial intelligences 
and this planet? What is the relationship between these other intelligences and power brokers on this earth? Are we genuinely moving in 2023, as some said would happen? The year is, won't be over until we move to January 1st, 2024. So there's time left, but the issue is, are we in a revolutionary period here in which we are going to be told the truth? This past week, I received this extraordinary communication to me from someone that I now know is where they uh, have worked and they are speaking from what would be an overview in large military and aerospace operations. Quote, what's really going on is the fact that no military official wants to be the one to have this tag, UFOs, aliens, put on their military service records. Everyone treats it as a hot potato, so to speak, and when the shoe drops about the UAP issues, you will see an avalanche of inside folks that work in these programs finally come out of the woodwork. Much of the precursor to Mr. Grush's coming out and speaking openly was green-lighted by General Howell. That's General Scott Howell who he thinks is like the tip of the spear on trying to do this difficult, finally opening up the truth that we all deserve. These folks, meaning the military, are being handpicked by a group working with Howell to push the envelope toward full disclosure. Everyone, you, me, your family, my family are being warmed up to the fact that we are definitely not alone in this universe and that this universe is literally teeming with intelligent beings. You should understand that Grush is doing exactly what he is told to do and say. It's not scripted, but was a direct order giving to Grush to openly discuss what he was shown and classified documents that were given to him by Howell's office to prove to subcommittee members in closed-door meetings that JSOC, the Joint Special Operations Command that operates from the Pentagon, intends on disclosing. And Linda, you are right when you say there is inter- Nessine fighting going on between factions within Grush's orbit of intelligence agencies and information handlers, especially those in the DOD. There are lots of old timers going out to pasture that need to let the next generation take up the mantle and tell the truth, the whole truth for the whole world of humans. So on that note, hoping that my voice will hold and so you will understand, the Canadian fires, it has been like a smokescreen between the mountains in my office now for days, weeks, and I get overcome. I'm really, whatever's in that smoke, you've heard me say that before, and I try to take allergy pills and everything to keep it off, but... <laughs> 
that's part of what I'm also up against. So explaining that and feeling like I'm going forward okay and, and I can continue. Uh, I would like to transition to Ian in England to transfer to your questions and comments because we are in what appears to be a period of time where I don't doubt there's going to be more and more UFOs of very different types. And I encourage all of you to try to keep your cell phones where you are familiar with how to get that camera going and record. It is astonishing in the Ubley uh, and the Bad Axe case. That big shopping center that had the uh, large stores and uh, Holiday Inn and there would be people, you would think that we would have cell phone video of this dramatic two large jets spiraling around each other going up to what Chris uh, seemed to see more clearly that, it, that the jets seemed to be interacting with something white using the sun as camouflage. But that we don't have any cell phone from that busy Saturday morning? If any of you listening know that you've got cell phone footage and you've just been afraid to come forward, I understand. But I sure, even if it has to be anonymous, I'm putting out uh, a handshake to all of you in Ubly and Bad Axe, hoping that someone or more did get cell phone footage of the interaction between the big jets and whatever the object was. And if so, you could let Ian know, you can let me know at earthfiles at earthfiles.com and then we could see the video and share it. You don't have to be public. But it just seems almost impossible to me that all of that happened and then happened three more mornings, all in that very, very uh, busy shopping center, even though they're small towns. So if you have actual cell phone footage and you can get it to me, I would like to share it publicly and you don't have to be public yourself. So with that, Ian, I transition over to you to see if we have any current comments or questions about what we've shared tonight so far. Linda, and this mystery continues to unfold, and I echo the appeal as well to Quicksnipes2393, who was uh, in the comments last week to come forward if possible and, uh, and share the information that he had. But also, Linda, we had amongst the comments last week, one of the people, Nadine uh, underscore 511, said other people did capture the UFO disc directly in front of the sun. I did some filtering on the round disc in another video and it's definitely a massive shift. Uh, whether or not she's talking about a video that was taken on that same day, we don't know. But please come forward and uh, share yeah. that video if you can. We'd yeah. like to see it. Yeah. Other people as well are, are drawing some comparisons with the behavior of the sun from the uh, miracle of Fatima, as it became known, the 1917 uh, event that was witnessed by thousands of people in Portugal. I did study that uh, quite deeply and uh, I was in France at, in 1987 during the Harmonic Convergence, and I got to talk 
even with somebody uh, who had a family member who was there back in 19, I think it was 1917, wasn't it, Ian? And That's right. What, it, what's important to share is I was there for the, all of the people who were seeing lights and were saying it was the Virgin Mary in 1987. We went up on top of a mountain and there were several thousand people that came in the week that I was there. And here, this, I experienced this. I was talking with priests who were in the church with the young people who were having communications then, they said, with the Virgin Mary, who was appearing to them as light or as a cross. And I was invited to go up with a large group into the highest hill, so we were overlooking everything. And I don't think that, that was not organized, some of them were. This was just all of us up there with the idea that people were reporting seeing the lights, seeing a blazing cross, and seeing the Virgin Mary. And I was sitting next to a guy from New Jersey. There was like a contingent of us that by our American accents, we were drawn together. And we were like in a little group sitting watching and we had cameras. And the rest of the group was many different languages. It was quite international. And all of a sudden, about three rows in front of us, I believe it was a woman, I remember some, like a red jacket, her arm went up and you could hear her, and I think she was uh, speaking in French, and her hands were extended, and she was talking, and the people around us said, she's seeing, she's seeing the blazing white cross, she's seeing the Virgin Mary. She's only three rows in front of us. And I complete respect that whatever she is saying, heartfelt, near tears, she is seeing, but we were not seeing. Other people were not seeing, and this was repeated. It happened many times during that week I was there, but that was the most dramatic because I was only three, like the three rows of people, maybe 10 or 12 feet from her. It happened uh, one more time with somebody else who started speaking, I think it was in Portuguese, and they were talking about seeing the blazing cross and Mary. And none of the rest of us could see. And I guess it comes down to how complex all of this is, that there can be other dimensional realities that can penetrate for specific consciousnesses, maybe individual or groups. How it works, I have no idea. But I know that it does and has been reported through centuries going back to what happened in Fatima. And there were people who saw and described and other people didn't see the same thing. And then people sort of throw everything out because they say if there's inconsistencies and contradictions, then it can't be true. I beg to differ that in the world we're in now, the physics we're in now, the discussions about the universe that we are in now, that 
dimensional penetration, refined, focused in specific minds, specific frequencies, I think is possible. When you go to Badax and Ubley, the Cindy uh, or Chris, Chris and uh, Corey, they could see other people around them. As Chris said, he could see people that were down in an, another street. So there were people who were out, but how many people were also inside of all of these stores? Why didn't they come running out to all of that loud sound? And Ian, wouldn't you say from your own study of Fatima, it's, it's the same kind of issues if we're dealing with some kind of, of advanced phenomena that can literally uh, focus down its frequencies to the interactions with maybe only a small group of minds. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'd reference people to perhaps look at the book Heavenly Lights, The Apparitions of Fatima and the UFO Phenomenon. That's a, a, a book that brings both of them together. That's by Portuguese authors with a foreword by Jack Fallet. So I think that there is a mass um, consciousness changing uh, capability that's at work here. When I was at contact, we, I met up with a guy who said that he was an observer in the street at the back of the car for taxi. He, he said he could see a UFO, but he said he couldn't understand why everyone else was just not seeing what was happening in the sky above him. Right. Well, he went through hypnosis and it turned out that he wasn't just a casual observer. He was uh, abducted and taken and he was taken out through the back window of the taxi. And that was the first hand account given to me at contact in the desert. And there are many, many variations on that story if people really uh, did deep dives into the abduction uh, cases that have been reported in so many books now. And uh, right now, I, but I think without question from, my, from everybody I've talked to that we're dealing with something that physically did occur and that it didn't occur once, it occurred several times, and that I shared with you today, other people who have seen the same type of jets going after something in other places. So the implication is that somebody is sending jets in fight mode at, is it fair to say, some UFOs if not all? I suspect so. I suspect the, the modus operandi seems to be to send up two jets straight away. As we went live last week, we had a, uh, someone that, I'd, um, that I've been working with who's an experiencer for the last uh, two or three months, phoned up and left a message and said, and they didn't even know the content of last week's program, but they said they experienced two fighter jets immediately scrambled from the ground uh, at Miramar, California, towards an object that they'd seen in the sky, a white object that they'd seen in the sky, right to the exact location that it disappeared from. And in all of the boiling pot of Washington, D.C., the Pentagon versus Congress versus versus versus, it's as if 
to tell the truth, to tell the whole truth at exactly the first time that they ever try to do it, which appears to be now or going forward. How ironic if up until right now they had assumed that the tall whites and the Nordics were collaborators and could take care of any of the other problems. And what if it's even more complicated? And all of us then are in the dark. So who is deciding when to order F-16s or F-35s to spiral up to UFO UAPs? Exactly, and we've got some, um, uh, in fact, here's the, some questions in the uh, chat this evening. Uh, Justin says, um, does Linda think Congress will intentionally stifle whistleblowers or discredit them by continuing to mislead the public because of the Black Project secrecy? Well, I don't think it's Congress who are intentionally well, stifling Ian, whistleblowers. It's an excellent question. It is appropriate given what is happening. But right now, I think uh, just to hang on to hope that we're finally going to be in the year that it breaks open is that there's all kinds of discussion about July being the time when there's going to be hearings. But who exactly will be in control of the hearings? Are people going to be fed all the words that they're going to be allowed to say? Is it going to be another one of the theatrically produced so-called hearings like what happened last summer? If so, then there's no truth and Frankly, there's no point in doing it. But if everybody would come to a consensus and with Congress helping open up the ability to do this along with the Pentagon and JSOC, that we're going to tell the truth and the opening sentence is, the universe is teeming with consciousness and not all of it is friendly. But a lot of it is friendly and neutral. What is wrong with making that be the opening framing and then telling the truth? Uh, I've got some comments here as well. Um, we've got Erico Dion Vigloni says, our young need to take on the mantle of UFO investigation. And actually, that's echoed by a comment that I received by someone else. It's some scenic Catholic XX says, as a 15-year-old, I wish that our government would actually be 100% transparent. My generation and the younger one, Generation Alpha, already know that aliens are a thing, but we don't know much. It's just that their withholding of knowledge is hurting us. I think so, and I know the arguments. Sometimes I have wondered if there was merit, but I've heard all of the arguments that everything will crumble. Religions will fall apart. The stock market will dry, dro drop. Uh, humans will fall down on the ground, uh, weeping, sobbing, screaming, angry. Everything will be in self-destruction. And I just don't believe it. I think that we are now at 2023, getting to the middle of uh, the 21st century. And I think that if anything, that there are more people who are cynical about the, the phony relationship between the governments of the world 
and so-called citizens largely over how many huge secrets are being kept because they relate to UFOs and ETs. And if everything is, you, we can't tell anybody this because people will have nightmares, they will collapse. I just don't believe it. And how are we ever going to get into a planetary system if we're going to survive as a civilization that gets to Mars and keeps going out into the other solar systems? How are we ever going to do that if we are somehow pampered, kept closed off from the realities of this complex, incredible universe with mixed signals and all kinds of things that happen in this universe? We can't be pampered. We've got to be educated about all the truths, including the trondoloid insects on Epsilon Eridani that can mow their way through planets, but that they're are likely other people, humans or others, who know how to deal with it. And why can't all, all of it, why can't we all be told the good, the bad, the hostile, the neutral, uh, the friendly, the complexity of it, and bring this planet onto the same square so that a government allegedly created of, by, and for the people could be real because it's not real now, hasn't been real since World War II. So what have we really truly got to lose to tell the whole truth? And the answer to that question is probably the most important one of all. Ian, is well, anybody, the, has anybody yeah, else? The, the audience would overwhelmingly, I believe, agree with you that we can handle the truth. That was Rob Siddle's slizzles um, question to you, ask Linda if she thinks humans can handle the truth, and I think we just covered that there. In the so mid twenty first, yeah, in the mid twenty first century, I think we can, and that doesn't mean uh, that anything is simple. It doesn't mean everything is peaceful, but it means after eighty some years of policies of denial and lies to protect we're going to need to know all the truth if we're going to evolve further and survive as a civilization that otherwise is going to self-destruct in its focus on this planet going into the future without understanding. We could, this could be the, the era of the end of us or the era in which we finally move into a very much more complex universe relationship with everybody, and that the that there's more to all of this than money. Linda, we've got a question from Typical Skeptic Podcast UFO Paranormal Psy, uh, who says, does Linda think... I'm here. You, maybe you, you dropped out. Linda, can you hear me? I, it dropped out but you're back. Keep going. Yeah, okay. Talk uh, fast. Question here from typical skeptic podcast, UFO Paranormal PSI. His question is, does Linda think that Grush is the real deal? Yes, I do. No question about it from my point of view. Um, the way, th there's a whole bunch of things about why I think he's real. 
and I think that some people were trying to support him. But when Arrow, the so-called new Pentagon office uh, that wasn't even funded, uh, and Kristen Gillibrand got into that, and now I understand it has been, quote-unquote, fully funded recently, and that uh, Kirkpatrick is the head, the director, and who is the first person, the first group that came out saying that Grush was not authentic, Arrow and Kirkpatrick. So there's the internecine warfare that Colonel Corso was familiar with in the 1950s when General Eisenhower became president and warned about the fact that when you get into UFOs and ETs, that internecine warfare has been the state of the underbelly that we have not seen in these nearly 80 years since World War II. Why would P Kirkpatrick in the so-called new Arrow office that replaced the ATIP office that replaced and on and on and on, why would they attack Grush right out of the gate? I don't understand how else you can interpret it except that there are factions and they are warring with each other. They have different points of view about what can be allowed out because they're very concerned about enemies such as China and Russia and Iraq uh, learning anything that we have about UFOs, ETs, and advanced technologies while those countries might have their own. But it's like Kabuki theater is being played at so many different levels. And in this case, Grush came out with what I think was solid information, is a solid person, multiple uh, lines of intelligence information. And he gets attacked by the brand new director of an office that wasn't even funded, the Arrow office in the Pentagon, and the, uh, those words about saying that he was not authentic, they keep being thrown out there and the only way I can look at it is it's internecine, internecine. They're the same people. They're in the same buildings. They travel in the same planes. They have uh, uh, staff communicators. And it's internecine warfare because they're all involved in the same kind of thing. But instead of educating us, opening up truth, it's how to keep all of the secrets in place, keep it down to only one or two mouths that can ever talk, so you have control, total control. And that's the internecine warfare that was operating in Washington, in the Pentagon, in the 1950s, and it's never gone away. And now we are in a 21st century when, from everything I know, it doesn't matter if somebody says it's not true, it is. We have been out to many places beyond this solar system. And for one small group of humans to be working with extraterrestrials 
to get humanity out into the rest of the universe by keeping everybody else dumb and blind. I just can't believe that the universe supports that. So, uh, Ian, I'm curious if there have come in any other reports of people who have been eyewitnesses to what was going on in Bad Axe and Ubley on June 3rd. Well, we have Christine. Can you hear me, Linda? Yes, very clearly yeah, now. Okay. Yes. No problem. Then. Uh, Christine in the chat uh, says that, uh, I think she says her, one of her relatives owns a campground in uh, Bad Axe. So uh, she's reaching out to to that relative to find out if they can tell that they saw anything or if anyone else reported anything perhaps from the campground. That's good. Uh, I'm not seeing anything else right away at the moment, but we do have Chris and Corey again in the chat this evening. So thank you both for being there. Hi, as well. Chris and Corey. It, it is the, the people who come forward and they are willing to say, this is, we saw this. We don't care if somebody says, no, 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 no. We saw this, we know. And it was not just Chris and Corey, it was uh, also their neighbor, Shelley. And there was uh, also a worker there who works with uh, Christopher, but he has had, he, he has not been able to do an interview so far. So the, um, when people finally say, I don't care, I'm gonna tell the truth. It evolves into what I think is important information. And I think we would be less if we hadn't had the information from the last two weeks because Corey and Christopher Bilbury were willing to contact me and we've been willing to do this work. And you guys, can send in your comments on whether you feel that is true and that hopefully you will keep encouraging people to come forward on all kinds of UFO related phenomena so that I can develop with people who are real, with real experiences and, and there's no and Linda, JSOC uh, um, controlling we, them. Are you still there, Linda? Gosh, I wonder what it is. He, Linda, can you he, hear me? He can't hear me and I can't hear him occasionally. I don't know, Ian. Maybe we've got a, I don't know what. Maybe something is pushing buttons. I have no idea. Brad is shaking his head. He doesn't know. He's looking right at the cell phone. Well, this is another one of the mysteries. Uh, if there is an invisible something here, that is either trying to interfere or whatever it's doing. <laughs> Let's just keep I'm back, going. Linda. I, I, I can hear you now. I can hear you too, Ian. Okay, go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Okay, Linda, I need to go to the super chats this evening. Thank our audience uh, for their generosity this evening and uh, giving us super chats. Uh, Moonbird, Cindy Vol, typical skeptic podcast, UFO, paranormal, PSI, Yin Yang Glow, Justin, Whisper of Love. And Linda, the Linda G. Thank you very much for your uh, for your contributions yeah. this evening. Thank you, you guys, and thank you to those of you who have been there with me right from the very beginning of the Earth Files YouTube channel. Nearly every week, I I, uh, I love you guys. Thank you. 
Uh, Elizabeth Crooks is in the chat this evening and she says, when I was 10, I saw a short yellowish being near my window in the middle of the night. What ET species could that have been? Yellowish. Can you ask her, is she, is, you have a way to uh, communicate which uh, color of yellow, because when you get into some of the gray types or the white types or the various Nordic types, the skin in my own uh, Glimpses of Other Realities, Volume 2, I have uh, the Cimarron case. And I remember the mother and the son pull over the car because they hear a cow screaming. They see two, they not, don't know what they are. Um, men, they thought they were men down with this cow. She gets abducted, her son gets abducted. Uh, they end up uh, flying what, what appears to be, she thought, uh, going down to Las Cruces. They go underground. They're down in a place where there's water. In the beginning, it's little grays, which I think in all cases are artificial intelligence. They're not biological, I don't think. And then when you get up to five to eight, I think you're in some kind of biologicals in some cases with some grays. But here was the funny thing. She is worried about her son. There are several small beings and then comes in a, a male figure that she estimated to be six to seven feet tall. You would think it's describing a tall white, but her description of the skin was yellowish, pale yellow, that one comes to mind. So how many different types, even if you go to, to the tall whites, to the Nordics, what is the variation on the skin and you all, everybody has to keep this in mind. The vast majority, it seems to me, of the beings that are interacting with people during abductions, they are wearing the leotard skin, I've come to th think of, that's protective. And it is like put, if we had a very thin manufactured skin, our whole body, and it might be a, a variety of different shades. I think a lot of the non-humans use body suits. Um, so the pale yellow, Ian, it may be that it could be a suit, it could be a different kind of skin, but can the person find an object that I would know and they would know for that identical color and then maybe I can see if there's any others that I recognize. Yeah, that's it's a good point. And Elizabeth Crooks, um, you can always contact us at earthfars at earthfars.com or ian at earthfars.com. Uh, as well, I would urge you perhaps to um, look at that experience a bit more. It's likely that you are not just a casual uh, observer of the being. I believe that there's probably more to it and you could probably bring more out in a, in a hypnosis. In the one with the pale yellow skin, yeah. Yeah. Um, Rose Honia says, Linda, what are the big orbs? Uh, what might they be? I think she's talking about when people experience for the very large orbs. The one case where I knew the experiencer, I knew the original 
first uh, interaction and when he realized that it, something that came in front of him was the same as something that had happened. Okay, uh, Richard Sigismund, he had uh, some uranium mines in Colorado, up in the mountains up above Boulder. Uh, he lived in Boulder. And uh, we were working on a strange harvest together and something came up about the basketball-sized glowing spheres that are associated coming into bedrooms usually or some place where a human is. And what is the difference between the basketball, the softball, the baseball, uh, the ping pong ball, and down smaller in terms of these glowing spheres that interact with people? And Richard Sixman told me, he said, that when he was uh, quite a bit younger and was uh, just beginning to learn how to work in mines and stuff, he had been up in mountains had heard what he thought was the buzzing of bees. He thought it was a huge, huge bee swarm and that he actually went into an offensive defensive mode that if it was a swarm of bees and then over the crest, because he was up on top of some hill or mountain. So he he's hearing the bee buzzing and he's now from his vantage point being high He's looking, and there are some trees. He's not seeing bees, and all of a sudden, this silver, perfect disc craft rising slowly, 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 with the buzzing sound of the bees coming clearly from it. And that's what he remembered vividly. Jump. 30-some years into the future, and I'm working with him and J. Allen Hynek and others having to do with animal mutilations, UFOs, ETs, and he was a very good friend of J. Allen Hynek, and he had uh, a lot of a context of UFOs, and we are uh, talking about this sphere uh, oh, that what this this disc did was hang there, and then these thirty some years into the future, he's at another mine. It's all that time has gone by that he's never forgotten, and all of a sudden he sees this glowing light, and it's right behind an airliner that had taken off and was looping around from Denver, and he knows that he has recognition and his mind runs back to the buzzing bees and what had happened 30 some years before in the mountains and now he's watching mesmerized because he thinks there is some sort of connection as this thing is coming to him the other people in the mine weren't even paying attention and he watched this basketball sphere he, th he thought that the government called them diastomeres. I don't know. And it paused right in front of him. And we're now getting rain. Hopefully it won't be torrential. I'll keep going, hoping you can hear me. And the did that mean we went off? Brad, does that mean we went off the air? 
still going as far as I can see, Linda. That's funny. Okay, well, all kinds of mixed signals. Sphere. The sphere has stopped in front of him. And he keeps feeling this connection. And all of a sudden, the sphere moved right up to his jacket, moved into his chest. He said it felt warm and tickling. And immediately, movies started going into his head, whole movies, including that day 30-some years earlier, vividly with the buzzing sound, the silver, the big silver craft that came up over the mountain, and there was this connection with one of these communication devices. And I've always thought that that was one of the best stories because he was a left-brained, uh, no-nonsense person who became very interested in UFOs and ETs because of things that had happened in his life like that one. And he b became a good friend of J. Allen Hynek, and they talked about how the entire phenomenon, the unidentified aerial phenomena, the UFO, extraterrestrial craft, other dimensional craft, whatever category we are in, that this is how they have, if you scratched everybody deeply, so often this is the way it has worked, that there's been things, childhood, teenage, 20s, 30s, there is an evolution, but Lots of people don't remember until something happens and then puts the movies in their head and then there's this huge, 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 huge story. That's how the aliens apparently seem to communicate and work with each other as well. We're, we're learning and we need to know a lot more. And with the rain, uh, Ian, I'm just going to throw it to you for one last question and hope that that sign when it comes on is just holding. It doesn't mean we're off the air. <laughs> yeah, you're still going. The audience is still giving us reassurance that we're both still going today. George Sankey is in the chat today and says, I've always wanted to ask Linda, how is consciousness related to the phenomena? I think it is the key to everything. I uh, started, uh, what was it, three or four years ago. I think it was right before COVID. I had done... Uh, the, uh, from brains to galaxies, the key is frequency. It's one of my most favorite programs I've ever done. I know that it has a lot of truth and it has lots of beautiful fractals and designs and the whole issue of how, what is the best communication frequency? What are we to each other biological? In, as containers, but that the soul inside of us, maybe it is some form of plasma or something that we don't know, and that it is absorbing in each life, that it goes in and out of a variety of bodies. Uh, a single soul may have gone into 25 different regions and three different dimensions. And I personally think that is true, but understanding what goes with which the bottom line, and I think if David Bohm were here or Roger Penrose or Einstein or others, because they were the first to get into this in a 
in what I think is truth. Frequencies. Colors are frequencies. Water is a frequency. Land is a frequency. The air is a frequency. There, every single thing has its own frequency. And when you get down into biology today, where they're trying to get down into uh, the microbe level, so much of it has to do again with f applying very specific frequencies to enact and make something react so that it can be measured out to stars, to the black hole at the center of our Milky Way galaxy and one I just read about recently that that black hole they know is spinning, spinning, spinning and the idea that something so massive that everything that goes into it maybe comes out in another dimension or dimensions elsewhere but that it can spin even and we humans on Earth at this little tiny island of the Milky Way galaxy that we have now evolved to where we can sort of see with technology a huge black hole at the center of a galaxy spinning and right there everything brains to galaxies the key is frequencies and I wish all of us could be in a huge cosmic classroom with tall whites and Nordics and the praying mantises and all of them that are good and genius and we could learn about the universe from beings that know more than we do and that's my prayer I, I wish it could all be peaceful and evolving but I'm afraid that we are still in internecine warfare like so many other things on earth and I, f I really feel that humans deserve to have that relationship with the light the thought that dwells in the light to me that is where everything comes from and if we related to that if we related to that frequency at all times maybe the planet would change from war and I think that the ETs like the tall whites I genuinely think they want us to stop conflict but right now we're just at the point where somebody is just little tiny baby steps opening this up or trying to and I hope that we're going to be able to keep going on Wednesday nights with more and more people who are inside and have inside knowledge who could sit here with me or on the other side of a camera or audio and we could really start talking about the truths and everything is not rosy but nothing on earth is all rosy either it's learning and living the truth and then building from there. I love you guys. See you next week.
Thanks for listening to this Earth Files podcast from the edges of science, environment, and real X-Files. Go to www.earthfiles.com to see more than a thousand Earth Files reports with photographs, drawings, and documents. And visit Earth Files every day, every week, for new reports and new podcasts. That's www.earthfiles.com. Earthfiles.com.